wish I was a good, good man Standing with your hand in my Doing everything just right Hey everybody, welcome back to the Redline Roots Podcast. This is Ken. We have a great conversation to distract you from the coronavirus news that is dominating our lives right now. Uh, we recorded this episode with Vance Gilbert back in February around the release of his fantastic new record, Good Good Man. I've long been a fan of Vance's work, and if you haven't checked out his stuff before, I think the best place to start is with the song, Old White Men. It's funny, it'll, it'll make you cry. Uh, it's right there, I think, with the best John Prine songs for that mixture of uh, humor and sorrow. And while I readily make that comparison to the late, great John Prine, Vance is also someone very hard to pin down in a musical genre. His work draws on so many different traditions, and he is irreverent enough to break all those traditions, rules, and mores, and make up his own way of communicating, and it's special. The new record has so many gems on it, and it was a great pleasure to chant chat with Vance. Hope you enjoy this conversation. I'd love just before we talk about the songs, I'd love to talk about the album cover, if that's okay. I was looking at it, these photographs that are around you, and I, um, I can ask you what they mean, but uh, what 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 made you decide to pose there with those photographs? I, you know, um, I. <laughs> it's funny that you would ask that after mm-hmm. we've talked about not talking about personal stuff. Uh, Fair. I don't care one yeah. way or the other whether we do or not. Mm-hmm. But the all the childhood photos are mm-hmm. mine. Yeah. That, like school photos as a kid but the photo in uniform is my dad yeah and i guess if i had to go uh deep into it it would be uh i'm heading towards you know the title of the album is good good man yeah i mean it's you know when you get to a certain age you start fishing around to see whether you've been decent or not you know in various situations and and you, you as I fish around to see who I who I actually am, I so just sort of look back in time at this, you know, incredibly innocent. I'll say that that the kid yeah. there, innocent, and then there's my dad, who was a, a lot of ways a pretty rough character. Uh-huh. You know, he's in uniform there, but it wasn't long after that that he was court-martialed for beating and robbing a guy, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he was. Uh, 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 for, for most of his life, a pretty violent alcoholic. Uh-huh. So, uh, and at a certain point in our lives, you know, I, I don't want to get all frou-frou on you, but at a certain point in our lives, you have to come up with some forgiveness or, yeah. or you get eaten alive, you yeah. know? And uh, that was just uh, one of those little opportunities to put myself in, in the auspices of, of his photo and ask the question, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about it that way because I, 
as I was listening to the record and kind of listening to the songs in conversation with each other, they they seem to come at reckoning from very different angles, you know, sometimes very funny, sometimes very raw, sometimes nostalgic, but it feels like there's a thread there of just, in general, these are songs about sort of taking stock and, you know, almost, almost hitting the pause button to say, where are we right now? You, oh, you have made my, where do I send this check? <laughs> you have made my day. Well, that's good. You know, a, a buddy of mine, uh, a singer-songwriter, Ellis Paul, has yeah. always said that uh, the best songs are are snapshots. Mm. And I totally agree. I think that's, uh, that's you know, a, a rephrasing of what you're saying. And, and for my own uh, people, mm-hmm. uh, they really are snapshots and uh, checking in uh, where where I'm at at that point. And yeah. I think one of the things I wanted, wanted to avoid in songwriting is the moral of the story is dot, 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 because yeah. that it's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to pass judgment on anybody else's approach, but it's kind of plebeian. You know, I think, yeah. I think, uh, I think a certain amount of irresolution is, is healthy. Mm. Uh, all of us. I mean, that's what promotes thought. If I've, if I've figured it all out, and I hand it to the listener, then what else is there to do? But uh, but I feel like songwriting should should move you to think a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and I would love for people to think along with me. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe it's a deep seated cry for uh, some answers mm-hmm. that I have, and maybe the listener does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any of those above. But I, I'm. I'm seldom one to write a song that has uh, things tied up nicely in a bow. Well, I, I mean, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about Flyby, which ends. I, I mean, that ending, I love the ending so much, Vance, because it ends so much with so much irresolution, <laughs> you know, and there's such a, I think there's a temptation, maybe not for you, but I think for a lot of songwriters, there's a temptation to tie it up. Even, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. That. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you. you uh, I. I think. I'm going to take a guess. Is the reason mm-hmm. why many songwriters, fledgling or otherwise, uh, want to tie a song up is because if you're telling a story, yeah, you like the story to have an end. Yeah. I think you want to feel finished. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's this sense that if the story is. Uh, irresolute, then uh, then the song can't possibly be done now, can it? Yeah. But I mean, just the 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 the, the greatest songs, some of the greatest songs out there, leave you hanging. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Angel from Montgomery is yeah. like, uh, yeah. If I mean, you, you don't want to get a dull butter knife and 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 bloodlet yourself uh, <laughs> that song but you you definitely are left in a place where you know that that person is not done yeah they're done with whatever it is the, the song has gone by yeah but the snapshot has been you know mm. you, you turn the page to whatever's next mm-hmm. uh, maybe you've turned the page to 
it's a goofy old world. Yeah, you know, right, just, right, right, right. Uh, which is quite resolute and very funny. Mm-hmm. Shake your head and say it's a goofy old world. Yeah. You haven't fixed anything. You've just reconciled with the fact that uh, that it's a goofy old world. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't really, I want, and there's, then there's the drama thing. There's, there's, mm-hmm. you write a good song is about having a sense of drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to being dramatic, I think those are two entirely different things. Uh, one can be dramatic, but you can have a sense of drama in the song. And that, to me, means leaving the door open for other thought. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, it's interesting to think about this snapshot because as you're talking about sort of that, like there's there's a story before, there's a story after. I'm telling this story that is captured in, in this moment in time. And to me, that's my thoughts are going to Hitman, which I, I think is... It's such an interesting <laughs> little snapshot where you get a lot of the backstory, but really it's this, you know, it's this moment. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, I really love the line, I memorized your license plate. <laughs> this guy, as I was writing this song, yeah. this guy got more and more insidious uh-huh. and frightening. I was like, and I remember I was like, I said, holy crap. I mean, this guy, I'm just wondering if he's like, uh, uh, you know, he, I, I, he's 83. But yeah. if you drunk, is there a body? Yeah. Is there, you know, is it Ray Donovan's bat? Right. Is it, you know, uh, you know, one of the Sopranos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you anything It's been a long time between confessions And the peace that that might bring A good hitman learns to hide the powder burns Pull the trigger in a glove Take another name forever Take you the ones you love I was in a, oh God, I was in a, I was in a motel uh-huh. in uh, north of New York. I had uh, one gig uh, sort of close to New York City, and then another one was uh, kind of heading west uh, from there. So I was in this hotel in the Hudson Valley. It was off of a, um, a somewhat. I don't know, I guess a kind of busy road. Yeah. And it just, it was a motel, uh, single floor, and I had the door open, and I was writing. I just had warning, and I was writing, and I would have gotten in the car and driven the two hours to the next show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it had just stopped raining, so it was kind of spring and rainy feeling out. And yeah. they, a town car drove by kind of slowly, and just kind of took a look at the hotel and then sped up and kept going. And I was like, wow, I know that has nothing to do with me. But, you know, you know yeah. and I just I just made up the story on the yeah. spot. I, yeah. I just made it up. I love it. Yeah. I, just I mean, some- so, I mean, does 
so I have, I have a friend who is he he loves bird watching and and the reason he loves it is because he says it makes me pay attention you know it and oh, you know so, so i'm looking up constantly i'm listening that's why he loves it he, i mean he loves seeing birds sure but I, I don't know it struck me it struck me as sort of an echo of that idea of you know for many people they'd see the car and it would be a car sort of driving slowly by the hotel do you find yourself sort of you know in that different attentive space of huh what's going on here you know and, and it rattles for you in your brain a little bit well i think that's the key of yeah. you know, what what i do it probably yeah. yeah you know i was a semi only child i mean i have a brother that's 10 years older uh-huh. than me so that was like having two and a half two and three quarter parents mm-hmm. and um i spent a lot of time alone yeah. so I had to be able to make up my own stories. Yeah. Because that's just what, that's just what being me was about. And, mm-hmm. you know, I put on whole puppet shows with like eyes drawn on uh, my, my ring and middle finger on my hands and had these like little hand puppets. Yeah. Make hands. And I put on a whole show. So, you know, long before I was singing, yeah. I was entertaining, if not for anybody else, but just for me. Yeah. So to make up a story is, in a lot of ways, almost second nature. Yeah. Have any, any of those puppet characters shown up in your songs? <laughs> <laughs> the zombie patty cake pack character. There right? you it's go. Been, okay. But, but yeah, I think I'm just making I'm just making up stories, and I yeah. I imagine what that would look like um, as a. Uh, as a lot, of, a lot of my songs, I imagine what they look like as parts of a movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm writing a, a, a bit of a script, telling. Right. And I'm just trying to be a good storyteller more yeah. than anything else. Yeah. So you know, I, I will preempt uh, something that we were talking about before we started, yeah. uh-huh. and just say if someone was to ask me <laughs> nowadays, yeah, what. First, if I wrote the lyrics or the words first, mm-hmm. lyrics or the music first, yeah. I'm a lyric because I really feel like I want to tell the story yeah. more than anything else. And I think music is out there. I think I can find music. Sometimes the story suggests the music. Sometimes in the back of my mind somewhere, I might have a, a finger picking pattern or a yep. groove thing or some chord changes and all. But the thing that will haunt me until I get it down on paper is a storyline. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a first couple lines and I don't know where the story's going. Yeah. But yeah, the lyrics kind of come first nowadays. Yeah. Well, so that's making me think about uh, Brunswick County because there's this beautiful harp, beautiful backing vocals there on this story. Oh, thanks a bunch. Did, did you, he- I mean, were those things you were hearing as you were writing that or was that by virtue of collaboration with the other artists and sort of them tapping into the emotional quality of the lyric and the melody that you shared with them? I mean, I'm always interested in how some of those layers come together. Well, you know, uh, 
before I totally chase that, I'd yeah. have to say where Brunswick County came from. Yeah. Uh, it's about a county in uh, North Carolina yeah. uh, off of the shore. And uh, there's a folk uh, a series down there that uh, some wonderful people have been putting on. Hmm. And they had me for their first year and a bunch of other of my cronies and it was a wonderful year and then they decided to put out a cd to help fund the next year mm -hmm. and they were asking each one of us for a track so of course i said of course i'll send you a track something off of an album and the email got buried and uh, i didn't get back to them and four months went by mm -hmm. and the woman actually calls me up she says well i guess you didn't want to be on our cd and i you know, I drew, I drew in my breath. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, not the case at all. So when do you go to master? When do you go to master with uh, the CD? Uh, with, with these, you know, tracks from everybody. And she said, two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> and I said, I tell you what I'll do. I'll have you a fresh new song ready to master by two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Wow. So what I did, I hung up the phone. And I raced to Wikipedia <laughs> and looked up where this folk concert uh, series yeah. actually was. And I got, I just read through the history of that area, area mm. and what the major roads were and the names of places and a little bit of the history of each spot. And it took me, you know, about four hours of reading and sketching and writing Mm. And I called a friend of mine and I went over to his house and we laid down the track and uh, and mixed it, just me, solo guitar, and we got it to her by noon the next day. Wow. And uh, I tell that story not because I'm some sort of brilliant servant or anything, but it was just very exciting for me. It was uh, one of the greatest music writing prompts I think I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And... Uh, we went back in for the for the studio album uh, for this album, and uh, I just went back in and did it again. Yeah. And now that it had been under my belt, but uh, I, I think my favorite line in that song is uh, 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 "Lie deep in this watery drown." Mm. Mm -hmm. I used to drown as a noun. I was so proud of that. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything or, but. It, it sounded Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the harp player is Anyman, who is a you know world known uh, Celtic harpist, and she's a neighbor of mine. So oh wow, came down the street to the studio I was working, and and laid the part down for me. And I said, Anya, I need you to be, I need you to be honest with me. I said, did I, did I capture anything here? She says, Oh, you were you were so close. <laughs> you did, she thought I did really well. She thought That's she very said, no, nice. this is right in this That's tradition. very nice. Well, uh, um, just speaking of collaborators, you've got uh, you've got Chris Smither on this album. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Chris and I go back years. Uh, he used to live, he also live around the corner from me here, too. And we'd, yeah. uh, we'd end up at Gold's Gym together and, and then go for a jog. That's where I always pictured you two hanging out. I'm sorry. Just where I always pictured you two hanging out at Gold's Gym. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
we'd end up at uh, more than once we'd end up at his car and he'd yeah. pop in a CD of something he was working on and yeah. and uh, he was just a nice he's just a nice guy he's the nicest guy yeah. and he you know he thinks the world of what I do and I think he's you know I think he's at least as amazing as his as his right foot yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember uh, Vance uh, a few years ago um I was at the uh, benefit that you played for the ACLU, the Boston Stands uh, benefit well, that, that was yeah. at once ballroom, and and uh, and we ended up sitting next to each other when Chris went on, and he just noodled for about you know twenty seconds, and you just looked at me and you go, "I fucking quit." <laughs> <laughs> So he, he's, you know, he's just got it. He's yeah. just got that. He is like a, a, he's like a funnel, man. He's just yeah. taking it all. And I mean, I won't say he's distilled it. I mean, he left it dirty, but he just, yeah. He, he's, uh, I, he's been going around the country, uh, saying, he cracks me up. He's saying, he's telling this story of, uh, of, of, me talking about Chris that like a uh, a black man crawled inside of his body like a black blues man crawled inside of his body and has been trying to get out of his mouth ever since <laughs> something like that. and he just loves it he'll tell that I'll come to a gig somewhere uh, yeah. 500 miles away and uh, somebody will say hey you know we saw Chris Smither and I said I know you know a black man trying to crawl his body oh, how did you know <laughs> When I called him up, the, the tune that he plays on, Another Great Day Above Ground. Yeah, I love that song. Thank you. I mean, I, I heard him just playing it far better than I ever could. I don't even play mm. it up because the way he played it is how it should be played. But, mm. you know, I'm a fool either. I knew that his guitar part would just would kill this. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, to add uh, the herb on the trombone was just just gave it a level of, of, of greater fun. Yeah. But Chris said to me, it was very funny too. He says, uh, after the session with does, he says, Vance, well, and I, I scared myself for a minute because that sounded just like him. Vance, <laughs> uh, I was afraid, you know, when you, when you first sent me this, I didn't look at it for like two weeks because I didn't know what you wanted me to do. But then once I heard the song, I knew you were thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I said, yeah, man, you, you're the cat for this. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We, we had that, uh, Ken, we had that in about, in two, like, I think it was two passes. Wow. And uh, we did it over at uh, Dave Chalfins, who is the hmm. bass player and producer of the Neils. Uh-huh. And uh, we just we just spent the rest of the afternoon hanging up. That's pretty so good. We just, like, not the rest of the afternoon, the next, uh, I, you know, I bought an hour, and it took 15 minutes to record the tune. Right. And uh, so we just hang out and talk for the next four or five minutes, and uh, then we went on our way. But yeah, yeah Chris is uh, he's, he's a god. Yeah. It's another good day above ground, Lord. Another good day above ground. Another good day above ground, Lord. It's another good day above ground. When I wake up in the morning. 
If I don't feel so good, I put my elbows out the east side. If I don't feel no wood, then it's another good day, another good day above ground. Treat others like by treating myself, Lord. I treat others like I treat myself. Treat others like I treat myself, Lord. Treat others like I treat myself. Some say he come from heaven, showed up as a man. I show up to work each morning and do the best I can to treat others. I like I like to be treating myself. Play on now. to know about the <clears throat> um the the poem at the end the last uh, the uh day before november um, yeah and uh it's just interesting to me that you've got all uh, did you record that outside you've got all these birds singing and things like that in the background man i'm not gonna tell you that that's that's, that's production <laughs> on that uh sam margolis over at riverview sound was a recording engineer and you know really when it comes down to it a great recording engineer is also a co-producer mm. but giving him any more money so <laughs> yeah. you hear that sam no more <laughs> money <laughs> he found that the uh the children's voices mm. uh, were uh were were free free bought voices online that you could just purchase yeah or maybe we bought them for five or ten bucks or sure. whatever i'm not sure uh, but the crickets the outdoor sounds were field sounds behind his house wow that he had recorded uh a couple months uh, previously wow because he lives right off of uh in that part of of the a little bit west of boston right yeah. off of the charles river yeah quite a bit of like open area before you get down to the water and wildlife and everything else. So on, on really teeming nights like that, he'd go out with, you know, some stereo equipment and just get this library of sounds. Wow. So when I mentioned it, I said, you know, I think this would be great with uh, some ambient something or other. And his, his eyes lit up and I see him <laughs> off the computer and he started punching things in. And I was like, only, only you would get excited about crickets, my yeah. friend. That, but uh, yeah, so that was, uh, I think the scariest part of that tune came, uh, first of all, in the writing. Uh, it, uh -huh. it had been an idea for 10 years, and I was afraid to write the thing down because I didn't want to screw it up. Mm. And anybody out there that's listening to this that does writing will understand exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You just, mm -hmm. 
you 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 don't want to get yourself in the way so you don't do the thing at all mm. but I figured it was time to tell the story and then once i had the story down uh, it, it took about two weeks to write and about two to three months to memorize at night walking the dogs mm-hmm. and i think the second scariest thing of this was so uh, as we were recording it we took a pass of me doing it and then we took another one and my heart sank a little bit because i realized i said to myself i need i, I need actual like a dramatic producer hmm. i'm the music production i you know i think i'm fair at but this needed someone to help me get out of my way yeah and that really kind of spooked me so we took we just said well while, while i'm here while i'm thinking of this and i was thinking of I was thinking of actor friends of mine, like mm-hmm. uh, Joe Morton from Scandal is a friend mm-hmm. of mine. And uh, I said, I wonder if he could find time to look at this with me, blah, blah, blah. Because he's done a lot of producing of, uh, you know, of stage stuff. Yeah. So two more passes. And it was the second one before the last one that I listened to. And I said, OK, this one has something. And I think we're going to go with this. So I went with one that I had, but I think I really, really lucked out. I think I really got lucky. Yeah. And uh, that was the one we kept, and I ran with it, and that's what you hear. I, I'm <clears throat> Vance. I'm so interested in that sort of in that process of um, knowing when it's the right time to write something, when it's the right time to. Put something aside and obviously you can't you can't ever know that fully but um but i i, I don't know I, I, you can't i mean i i have such monster respect for uh people like my friend Lori mckenna yeah who you know who is you know a multi-grammy winner at this point but mm-hmm. i've written a couple tunes with her sitting in her living room while my standard poodle on prednisone ate our sandwiches off the table <laughs> and her youngest was walking around with a, a, a heavy diaper you know uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I just I mean there was a couple of things that we did were uh, she brought something about 70% complete to me and I brought something that was 90% complete to her yeah and uh, you know I understand that in a way but the you know the other the, the, just to go into a room with people and write uh, almost boggles my mind. I mean, I think I think I could do it, but I I could never think of doing it and having anything that was ultimately of, of quality like like mm. she comes up with or other co-writing uh, teams of people. Well, so I I guess <clears throat> I you know there's. Um... You know, there's part of me that feels like that there's something to it that is about, you know, like the practice, you know, that it's a co-writing is a whole different thing. But but there are some sort of footholds that you can, you know, think about like, okay, we're going to, you know, here's some practices we can employ. Do you I mean, are you sort of a, a constant writer, like writing little snippets here and there that you might come back to two years later are you someone who says, okay, I'm going to write a certain amount every day? Uh, or is it sort of, oh, 
yep, that's the that's the thing I have to chase, and I have to chase it for as long as as long as the chase is on, kind of thing, or maybe a combination of all those. I think it's a combination. I mean, yeah. I'm a I'm a uh, an avid snippet keeper. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I have. Yeah. Uh, there's no one notebook. I, I'm looking around this mess of a desk right now, and there's yeah. the uh, the little uh, three inch by eight inch pads that uh, have Habitat for Humanity sends you. Yeah. You send them twenty bucks. I've got at least three of those around here with two lines of something on it, you know, it's, um, so they're all over the place and every once in a while I'll take all of those and, uh, they end up in a, like a file folder. I'll take all of those and consolidate them down to one sheet of paper and, and stick those in a notebook somewhere. And then, you know, I have these scraps and these single sheets with all these little seminal ideas Mm -hmm. and I'll have 20 of those. And none of them are any more closer to being a finished thing than the other. I mean, they're really only like a catchphrase or a yep. two lines that don't even rhyme, but have begun a story. Yeah. And then one day I say to myself, you know what, I, I should I should put in some songwriting time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, honestly, I think that's that's probably once a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm probably not as uh, I'm not as stringent with uh, a writing schedule as as I should be, or as like other people. There are people that actually write, you know, they take on these songwriting challenges and they're right. They song every day for a month, or right. they're you know I understand a song a week. That that's something I could I could kind of wrap around, but. Wow, I just to a song a day for a month. It, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't sound like you think that would be very fruitful. Not for me. Yeah, yeah. Not for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, and I really want to preface this by saying it has this has nothing to do with arrogance and has sure. everything to do with with uh, being a completionist or being fearful, uh-huh. which I fully admit. I. Don't, I have very, very few unfinished or yeah, unfinished songs right. or songs that I wrote that I that are tossaways. If I'm mm-hmm. if I'm going to put that kind of commitment in a song, I'm going to complete it to some point that I will attempt to play it out. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, my uh, my output is compared to many others probably quite slender. But, um, and you know, if I'm going to be honest with you talking about this, it also gets me into a certain amount of trouble. It gets me into trouble because I, you know, I end up reinventing the wheel because I'm, Uh I'm currently unpracticed. I should be more practiced on this day, um, when I go to do this and, uh, the wheels aren't greased and I need to, yeah, I, I really, I don't know. You struggle anyway. You're supposed to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I guess, you know, going one of the things I'm thinking about, you know, just thinking back to what you were saying before about songs being like movies or snapshots or or stories where there's, you know, you're kind of you're, you're dropping in for part of it. 
I guess as you're thinking about, all right, I'm going to put in some songwriting time. I've got some fragments of catchphrases or beginnings of stories that I know. It, is what, you know, I know some people are listening for the, for the melody or for the, oh, here's the chorus. Yep, I've got the chorus now, you know, I'm filling in around that or I've got a couple of verses here. I need, you know, you know, relying on some of those familiar structures. But it sounds like part of what you're listening for is, can I visualize this? Is there, is there a, is there kind of a movie playing here? Is that right, or am I yeah, way off base? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, you're spot on. Um, I, I, my, the best songs I know, mm-hmm. I, I see the movie. Yeah. Even if it's an impressionistic song, like a, sure. when I think of impressionistic writing, I think of somebody like, like Sean Colvin. Sure. Uh, uh, who knows what she's talking about when she sings uh, China gets broken and it may never be the same ships on the ocean find their way back again. I'm mm-hmm. weaving like a drunkard uh, uh, of an era in need of a puncture. And, I, you know, what is she talking about? Right. I know now, but the 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 uh, the words as they go by are so uh, evocative yeah. that there is a picture that's painted anyway. Yeah, I don't even know what the picture is, but it's like it's like being in a it's like looking at uh, Clee or Mondrian or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what this thing is, but it's moving me, and I can continue looking at it for the afternoon. Yeah don't know what these lines mean yeah please don't ask me what please twittering machine is about right but i love it and that's all the explanation i'm going to give you yeah that in itself is still a a movie to me it has to it has to like palpably palpably give me uh some sort of beginning to the end that way and i know i said end but even if yeah. the end does something that is, like we talked about earlier, being irresolute, right? There's an there's an end to the movie. Yeah, that that's a yeah. It's like it, it, it's like Steve McQueen in the Blob. You know, they've dropped the Blob up in the, right. up in the Arctic, <laughs> and it ends up near some place, and it's like a hot yeah. spring thing. And there's a big question mark on the screen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, you know uh, uh, what I was thinking of? Uh, did you ever see that movie Lost in Translation? Yes. The, and the the end, Bill Murray whispers something in her ear, and you don't know what it is. And I, I mean, I remember people just being on one side of the fence of that or at the other, like you, you're supposed to know, <laughs> you know. And right. and I loved that they kept that private. You know, I I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But uh, um, yeah, agree. Yeah, that's the. Uh... You know, not you know, not everybody needs to know that Rosebud is a slave. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. You know, uh, if you miss the beginning of Rosebud, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. So so Vance, I got one more question for you. Um and Man, th- this, like is, this is very Are you editing this thing? Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll... <laughs> Yeah, a question that I that some people well, I'll just say it. 
So it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek question. Uh, do you know Langhorn Slim? Do you know that guy? Uh, no. Uh, you should check him out, Langhorn Slim. But he he is on. He's a folk musician, rock musician, uh, and uh, on Twitter last year, every once in a while, he would just tweet out something like, uh, Leonard Cohen, Tonight Will Be Fine, best song ever. With no explanation, nothing, you know, and then two weeks later, he would tweet out, you know, uh, These Arms of Mine, Otis Redding, best song ever. And what I loved about that is that it was sort of unapologetic joy of, at this moment, this song is filling me up. That That's all I think he was really saying. Yeah, it's wonderful, though. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and it doesn't need to last longer than that moment. Right. And you're not ranking. You're not doing one of those stupid things of, like, here are the 50 best songs ever or anything like that because, right. you know. Right. Yeah. So that's the question. What for you right now in this moment, without explaining or without apologizing or defending or anything like that, what's the best song ever? Wichita Lineman. Woo, baby. There you go. Oh, that's it. That's man. it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Oh, that song. That song. Uh, okay. Uh, that or For the Good Times, Christmas Officer. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two. Just because oh, you've been nice. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Wichita lineman, I think, would, is uh, is uh, um, yeah. You you don't want me to explain it? That's no, okay. nope, nope. It, that's it's, like, that's that's like that's all we need. It's it's. I can say that it's genius. You can say it's that, genius. Yeah. That's all I need to say. It's just. Go. I'll find my mother. Strong as a willow, eyes shining bright. When I cross over, I'll find my father straight as a western pine and holding her tight. You follow the river over the meadow, long I may travel. Long I may roam, one step for loving, one step for laughter, one step towards heaven. And I'm well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It's it's hard to conduct an interview when the person is making you laugh really hard the whole time, but I, I think we got it. Uh, uh, thanks again to Vance for taking time and for sharing his thoughts on our podcast and if you would share this episode and the podcast with folks in your life that would be a great help to us but it would hopefully also be a nice excuse for you to connect with someone and lord knows we could all use that right now uh until next time be well thanks for listening long you may travel long you may roam one step for loving one step towards laughter one step towards heaven and I'm almost home.